All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Freak Squad Show. This is a solo episode. Back at ya. I'm happy to be here. It's been a while, as always, because I don't know how to stay on top of this stuff because I got too much going on with myself, um, even during all this coronavirus. But um, I'm happy to be back, so let's get this bad boy rolling. So on today's episode, what I'm going to cover is, guess what? I finished Triggers. Yep, I finally finished it. Great fucking book. I'll tell you what. Oh, it's fucking magical. I'll get into that. Then I'll go over my May goals, you know, and stuff that I've done from there. And back to, like, triggers, go over some of my daily goals, talk about some of the processes I went through in the takeaway. So we'll get right into that. All right. Nice big drink of water. And here we go. So two weeks ago today... May 12th, 2020, um, I finished Triggers, and fuck, it was a good book, let me tell you. Um, I think it personally was amazing, I really think it do. So, we'll get into it, like this book, really well done. If you're really trying to grow yourself and make some actual adult behavioral changes, this is the book to do. I really think, and, like, there's a lot of the books I've recommended, like, show you the skills on, like, how to be a good employee, but um, none of the books have ever, like, actually addressed, like, doing, I would say, adult behavioral change, like it talks about in Triggers, because, um... Like, I mentioned this before, this gentleman who wrote the book, let me get his ah, screw it, um, he wrote it, and he works on, you know, training executives, and these guys are already successful people, so it's like, how do you make a successful person better? Well, first off, you probably should, um, why, I feel like I'm all over the place, um, with successful people, you have to worry about, you know, aren't they, like, They still have behavioral traits that are not beneficial. Say, like, someone is trying to become the next CEO of a company, and they're an asshole to one guy in the room all the time. That's not what you want to hear. You want a senior leader to be, you know, mature, regal, composed, confident, courageous, humble, all these things. And that to get someone there, you actually have to make adult behavioral changes. You're not changing the person. You're just making them a more more refined, better human being. And this is what I got from the book. So from like start to finish, the takeaways I'm going to go through kind of line up with the chapters of the book, but they're in my format. They're not super his, so I'll let you guys know. So first off, The first thing that the book talks about is triggers. And triggers are, you know, things that elicit a response or an action from someone. And so they can be a lot of different things. Um, But the main thing is, is that you need to identify these triggers. and, And understanding that those triggers can be an environment sometimes. It's not always someone or some action that's happening. It's like, you know when you get home, that you might have to put on a different, like, you know, 
I don't want to say persona, but you're not going to act the same way you do in the office as you do in home. It's not how you do it. But because you're going into that different environment, you know that that's the trigger to give you to elicit a different behavior or response from you. So once you start to understand these, identify these triggers and these and how the environments can play on that, you start to get better. And that's the big thing is like when you so the big thing, of course, with this to identify your triggers is that you need to want to get better in the first place. If you don't want to want to get better, you're not going to get better. So one of the first steps in getting better after you know you want to get better is identifying these areas or the triggers because then you know like these are cause or not even causing. These put you in a state of place where you feel like this is the way to eat to react in those situations. And one of the best ways, like once you've identified your triggers, is that, you know, you need to go through the next exercise is called the wheel of change. And in the wheel of change, they talk about like um, creating, creating, improving, preserving, and eliminating. And like one of the things that you do with this, God, I feel like, I'm fading in and out of the mic a lot. But when you're doing this, right, um, when you go through the Wheel of Change exercises, one of the things that was very happy or a part of me that I wasn't expecting was the fact that how many things I had to accept. And once I accepted, it helped me eliminate certain thoughts or behaviors. So one of the issues that I have personally is I kind of have a short temper sometimes. I'm a very passionate man. And frustration drives a lot of my motivations. And sometimes when I get frustrated, I'll kind of have a short temper and I'll snap. And that's putting it in, in the nicest way possible. I know myself. So um, one of the things that I'm working on is, you know, being more patient and what is it? Being more patient and not losing my temper. That's what I'm trying to just work on most of the time. Um... And one of the things that I notice is that when I drive a car, you know, um, I get kind of angry because I can't control the people in other cars and they're doing things that I wouldn't do driving a car that I think. Sometimes I do do them. Um, and then I play, then um, what is it? It's a double standard. But that's where I, once I realized that I accepted that, boom, that just helped me understand, like, I can accept that I don't need to lose my, you know, anger and waste time around that. So that was super beneficial. Lastly, so I love that exercise, and then from, and I think I will do the Wheel of Change exercise, like, at least twice a year moving forward to help me, you know, always put myself in check and think, hey, am I actually doing this my best or do I need to improve up, you know, step up my game? From um, the wheel of change, we then go into the question of did I do my best and the did I do my best list. And so I talked, this is where I really hit on last time because I was like blown away by this. I hadn't thought like this about my life on like actually, instead of saying yes or no, did I do things measuring the amount of effort I put into 
trying to get better because then something it's like did I work out today okay yeah I worked out but was it my best workout no okay well did I do my best no you can measure that um so that's why actually I've kind of waited two weeks is that when I first you know ran through this last podcast with you guys I just started making did I do my best list and I think it was at like 25 or 26 things and then that was version one then I knocked it down into version two which was around 21 then there was version three which is about 16 items and then kind of now I'm on like version four and I haven't been really tracking because I've just been like there was so much that I was having to think about I was like is this really making myself better or not? And so what I kind of just focused it down to is now my main list is that um, really did I do my best to be happy? Did I do my best to be patient and not lose my temper? Did I do my best to be fully engaged? Those are my three questions. That's really all I think about. Because if I'm, if I'm fully engaged, I'll listen, you know, I'll participate, I'll be a better significant other. Like if I'm, that's when I start to notice where I'll fall off. And this is kind of where I'll go into, um, did I do my best to be fully engaged into a later topic? But um, this is now my list. And I'm glad that it's only like kind of those three things. Because then I am super refined with what I'm focusing on. It's like, did I do my best to be happy? Did I do my best to be fully engaged? And did I do my best to be patient and not lose my temper? And I think that's super beneficial for me to just think of those three things every day and not be lost in it. And that I'll still work on my other things because that's just personally who I am. But the areas that I'm really trying to address are those areas. So, um, and I think from did I do my best list, another thing I want to just hit on right now is that asking for help is also one of the first steps you do in getting better. Like recently with that whole patience and temper thing, I actually called my mom and was like, I actually need help with this. Like this is something I'm really struggling with and I don't know what to do. And because this is then she actually sent me the book. She's like, read the fucking book triggers because she's like, they actually talk about this. And this is one of the first steps to actually getting better is by simply asking for help from someone. So. I think that's always beneficial. Don't be afraid to ask for help, anyone. I really don't. Like, if anybody, if they make fun of you, you know, don't surround yourself with them. And people that really want to see you get better will actively take part in your growth. And that's what the book talks about. So, going from the did I do my best list, um, it talks about this phrase that it asks you to say, when you're in a situation where a trigger is trying to elicit, when you've been triggered, basically, and your body would or your normal reaction would to do the behavior you are trying to change, right? Like, say someone pisses you off, and instead of being patient, I just snap at them. What? That's no growth. And so one of the big things is that um, the book talks about is this phrase, and it goes, am I willing... At this time, to make the effort required to make a positive contribution on this topic. That's quite a phrase to say. 
But as you think about it, you know, am I willing? You. Are you actively making a commitment to the situation? Um, and at this time, so you're being in the present, you're living in the now, to make a positive, to take the time, so that to, to make the time, an effort, like, you're then actively having to ask yourself, are you willing to make the effort required so you actively have to be present, fully engaged, and you put in the effort required to leave a positive experience? Not a negative, not a negative, a positive experience. That's where things change. That's where things get really crazy. And it's like on this topic, you, and that's the thing. If it's not on this topic, maybe it's something you don't waste your time with anymore. Um, If it is, well, there you go. But that phrase is very powerful because one of the things that you'll notice is that it'll make you slow down your thinking instead of rushing to a decision and making something rash that you will regret later on, you take the time up front to reflect and make a proper decision and then move forward to it. And it's only a few seconds. Only a few seconds. And honestly, um, I applied this um, when I went golfing two weeks ago, actually. And guess what? I shot my best round ever. Shot a 79 um, for 18, never broken 80 before. And the whole round, I kept on asking myself this phrase, like, did I do my best? And as I was going over a shot, I'm like, am I willing at this time to make the effort required to make a positive contribution to this shot? And that was the thing. When I got golf, I'll usually lose my temper and lose my patience because if it doesn't go right, I feel it's all lost. Where really, it's only one bad shot. One bad shot isn't the end of the world. You can still fix it. And that's kind of life. And that's why I really like this phrase. So I think it's a fantastic piece to look at. Um, next, the book addressed after, you know, you've kind of built, you did I do my best list and am I willing, you know, you have a phrase, you know, to work on to when you are trying, when you're in a moment to try and act, when you're in a moment that causes you to, work on your behavioral growth, you know, you're doing your best to actually work towards that. But now one of the things that actually talks about is that structure and repetition are key to behavioral change. And that the two, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg with this. With structure comes repetition, and with repetition comes structure. They both go hand in hand. And so with this, you need to make sure you know you are being rigid. Like you, for me, I like to set routines or I'll do a to-do list. That is what I try and add my structure around. And then I'll do repetition. Like every day I'll try and do the same things. Like I'll try and drink like six big glasses of water. I'll try and work out at lunch or before work or, you know, those sorts of things. But those repetitions have, you know, helped me build structure to now think, not have to think about it. I just know that at lunch that my body is actually more hungry for a workout than it is for food. And that after I work out, then I'll be hungry. And so that kind of repetition and that structure has really changed my life. However, now it's applying that to actual 
behavioral change. So, you know, I changed my behavior working out, but mentally I'm still weak on, like, you know, not being patient enough. So, this is where I need to think about structure, and that's why I've added it to my to-do list. Um, just on my daily goals. Did I do my best to be fully did I do my best to be patient and not lose my temper? That's the number one thing on my to-do list every day. And that's how I give myself the structure and repetition to think about it and reference it throughout the whole day. Um, but that's it. Um, that's kind of it for me on the repetition. I totally believe in that. It's kind of like discipline equals freedom. If you've ever thought, um, ever heard about that book by Jocko Wilco. Um, I can never say his last name correctly, but go check it out. Discipline equals freedom. It totally makes sense. It's the same thing as structure and repetition. Once you get into a fine place and like really strong foundation and have a structure there and you're consistently doing it, you'll find, you know, it gives you a lot more freedom throughout your day to do the things you want to do and be more successful and get the change you want in yourself. So, um, Another thing to consider with this as well is how do we behave under depletion? So, you know, it's also known as burnout, but this shit's real. It happens on a daily level. It happens on an hourly level. And you need to actively plan your day around depletion. You know, you know it's going to happen. You can set yourself up. You know if you're going to have a bank-to-bank tough meetings that you going to be mentally prepared for it. And that if you want to give yourself time to positively get prepared for them, maybe you ask them to reschedule them to, you know, be a few hours apart. Or if they're not, you go into there, you know, with the mental headspace going that I might be depleted during this and that I have to be more on my A game more than ever during this meeting. But that's something, this is when living in the present really, you know, helps you act if you think about when you're running under depletion. So, um, and that's where I think the idea that they bring up in the book is very good. That pretend everything is a test and live in the present. Like, if you pretend everything is going to, you're going to be tested on it. You'll start living in the present, right? As soon as you're in class and a teacher says, we're going to have a quiz at the end of class, you better pay attention. You fucking pay attention. No doubt, no doubt. Because guess what? I didn't pay attention until the teacher says that. However, if the teacher goes to whole class, you know, um, I'm not going to tell him we're having a quiz. Then at the end, tell him we catch him with a pop quiz. Of course you're not going to be prepared. And then you'll have to say, damn, if I would have pretended every day was going to be a test, I would have been, you know, more engaged. Well, that's the thing. Pretend it is. And that was such a revelation for me. It's like I'd only realized that, you know, in college and while at work when, you know, shit gets on the line and it's like this is do or die. But it's like you can still apply this into your home life. Like, the big thing I always think about is, like, potentially, you know, um, like, are my family members going to ask me what I they just said if I stop paying attention while they're talking? Yeah, most likely. So, treat it like a test. You know, be fully engaged. Same thing if I'm trying to learn. 
Like, and then kind of going into that as well, and I think this is a big thing it talks on, is don't act like an amateur. Like, act like a professional in everything you do. And I bring this up because um, in the book, it had a very good example. There was this executive, right? He was made the behavioral change very quickly. He needed to at work to get where he needed to go and show he was, you know, the right to be successor at this company, right? Very hard thing to do. But then when he um, had, um, he was starting, what was it? They basically, after he had done so well at work and they addressed those things, the coach from this book, you know, who writes it, he's with these guys for two years or these women as well. And they're with, he's their client. He's with his clients for two years, you know, working on their changes. And that one of the things they started to work on were a bit more personal things at home. And basically it kind of found, the coach found out that the guy was acting like, you know, was kind of being lazy at home. And so the coach simply asked this COO um, at the time that, does your family deserve an amateur version of you? Like, shouldn't they be getting the professional version? And not just saying, like, the professional in the work environment, but, you know, do you want to be, like, an amateur version of a dad, or do you want to be, like, the best version of a dad you can be, like, what you would call a professional, right? Like, that's where it talks about, you know, don't be an amateur. And I think that hits home for a lot of people who, you know, actively try to say they're doing the best. But it's like you falter when you're in situations where you could do a lot better and have an opportunity to do better. You're just, you're maybe depleted or, you know, it's the environment and the trigger changes that. It's like you come home and you think you can be lazy. Like, those sorts of things, like, you need to realize and try and tackle. So, and then from here as well, talks about, like, the battle of good enough, right? Like, we think we're making changes and, like, oh, yeah, I'm good enough. This is where I need to be. Like, I can stop now. And, you know, our our motivation is marginal. Like, there are certain things... Like, if we don't want to do it, we're not going to do it. So why, like, that's where it's like, you know, be realistic with yourself. And that's where I had to be. It's like, I always have goals for running. I hate running, and I never want to run. I never make time for it. So why make a goal around running? I want to increase my cardio. need to find a way to add cardio into my workouts, but also does the workouts I want to do. Boom, I found circuit training. But... That's where, like, you got to think about, it's like, you know, this battle of good enough. And also, just because you say you're doing something like pro bono or for free, doesn't mean it gets to be shitty work. Like, if you're doing something for free, people still, like, expect it to be quality. You can't just, like, you know, half-ass shit. Like... Is that professional? Are you really giving people the best version of yourself? Or did you really try your best with that? Like, could you look back at the day and say, did you do your best? So, honestly, that's all my notes from it. Um, I think this book is amazing. Honestly, it kind of changed my life. And I'm going to continue to read it. Um, Always look back at it as a reference, you know. In case I ever need it. But I fucking love it. 
I definitely recommend it. So check it out. Check it out. I think it's on Amazon for like 20 bucks max. You got time during this quarantine. So I definitely recommend it. And plus, it's getting warm outside. Go sit outside. Read the book. Relax. So um, for me, um, kind of transitioning into here, my May goals. Um, for me, I got another goal of read a book. I kind of got two I want to read. One's a super short one, so of course I'm going to read that first to knock out my goal. Boom, boom. But see, it's like, did I do my best to read this month? Uh, that probably won't be it. So that's why I'm getting the two books together. Um, I also got to, like, fix my bike. Um, I tried to do it myself. I really did. I, like, ordered a whole new parts. I redid the rim tape. I got new tubes. I got, like, all the proper, like, bike tire levers. However, it looks like something with my rim isn't, is puncturing the, um, inner tube on my bike. So now I gotta take it to get a professional look at. So I don't want to waste any more money doing it wrong myself. Uh, also, another goal. Of course, try and record three solo episodes this month. I'm really running behind, so I got to ask myself, did I do my best to do this podcast? Really? Um, I'm pretty proud of this episode that I'm doing right now. We are rocking and rolling, so let's fucking go, Chuck. Uh, uh, another thing I want to do is go through all my old comedy notes from 2018 and pick my favorite bits to start writing new material from there. Um, refine a current. Um, new five minutes that I have in progress and always, of course, you know, refining my daily goals and working on, did I do my best to be patient, not lose my temper, be fully engaged and be happy. So that's my day. Um, thank you all for taking a listen. Um, let me know if you guys have any questions about triggers or want to chat with me about it. I'd love to talk to you all. Um... But that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful May. See you all soon. Bye.